0: Welcome to Healing Begins. My name is Pastor Gail, and I am glad you're listening. The program is brought to you by today by Family Tree Medical of Hastings. And uh, today I want to just talk a little bit about uh, about how our words are important, the words we speak, and how much God loves us. And so, you know, many times we see people that have bad behaviors. They're not bad people, but their behaviors and things that they do are not right. And a lot of times we think they're bad people, but when you look into it, they have developed a false sense of identity, and they're operating out of that. What I mean by that is this. If you believe that you're no good, that you're worthless, a piece of dirt, and that's how you feel about yourself, then that's exactly exactly how you're going to act and operate in your life. And many times when we have a false identity or a low self-esteem, that we're operating out of, we will actually get involved with people that will not be good for us or we'll settle for second best because we think we can accomplish something. Or if we want to go to, let's just say, go to school and studying for a career, we might not study for that career because we think we can't do it. And so in the spiritual care ministry, we talk about how important that our words are Proverbs 18.21 says the power of life in death is in your tongue. So when you grow up, what was it like in your house? What were the words that were spoken over you? And how did they affect your life? I remember watching the stories of children that have committed suicide that have been in school. And the thing that happened before they committed suicide, they were bullied. And when kids are mean to other kids and they're telling them you're fat, you're ugly, you're no good, you're worthless, you might as well die, if those messages keep coming, eventually kids begin to start believing those messages, even adults begin to believe those messages. Then there comes the day where they come in line with those lies because they were their lies because you see the only time a lie has power if you believe it and then People commit suicide because they think they're worthless and no one is going to miss them if they're gone. And that's just the biggest lie from the pit of hell I've ever heard. You know, when you're in Christ and when you know the Lord and you might say, well, I'm not in Christ. Well, you can always become in Christ. That's very easy. But I want you to know what God says about us. What he's, And uh, we have I am statements that we like to read children and have adults say because what you believe in, what you say is important and your words have power. Now, people often say, well, why would I say some of those I am statements if I don't believe them? Well, that's exactly the point. You didn't believe the lie when it was first spoke to you, but as it kept being spoken to you, there came a day when you began to believe the lie and then you acted out of that. You see that a lot with, with marriages. Somebody might get a divorce then they get involved with another person just like their ex and they find themselves going through a second divorce. They're caught in a cycle and that needs to be broken and the only way to break that cycle is to look at what you're believing about yourself and align yourself with what God has spoken about you. Here's what God says. Here are the I am statements And they're all backed by scripture. And I'm not going to go into all the scripture today because if we did, it would take forever. But I am God's child. I am beautiful. I am handsome on the inside and out. I am a friend of Jesus. I am wanted. I am forgiven. I am calm. I'm able to do anything with Jesus. I am safe. I am cared for. I am protected. I am loved. I am hopeful, I am joyful, I am confident, I am blessed, I am free from all fear, I am an overcomer, I am a champion, I am a treasure, I am brave, I am chosen, I am a peacemaker, and I am created for good works. And a lot of times people will say, well, why? I don't believe even half of those. But we say, why don't you keep saying them out loud every day until you come to believe them about yourself? And it's just not about repeating them out loud every day that's so important. It's about getting a revelation of what those things mean from your head to your heart. See, revelation brings transformation. And so when you really begin to believe that you are loved and that you are valuable then the choices you make and the people you will get involved with will reflect those things. You know, when we're young, some of the most powerful words that can be spoken over our lives is, I love you and you are wanted. You are accepted. So love, acceptance, caring in our words are so important. And when a child growing up or even an adult. Well, let's start with a child first. When a child don't get those kind of words growing up, it it when they're told they're dumb and stupid and all this stuff, that's the identity that they begin to develop. And then parents don't realize that the more they speak those words over those kids, the, their kids, the more they reinforce the bad behaviors. We need to start speaking into our kids what God has said about them and not what the world is saying and not what their friends are saying. So many times what kids will do is negative things will be spoken over their life and they won't share them with anybody. They'll just keep it on the inside of their heart. They won't share it. And then before you know it, they're crying, they're upset, uh, they're going through a crisis, and then they finally open their heart and talk about how they were treated by somebody else. And then you, as a parent or a friend or a grandma or a grandpa, get to share with them what God says about them. You know, it says in Psalm one o seven twenty that when God sends forth His word, there's healing in His words. There's healing in the words of the Lord. You are loved is such a powerful. Statement. You know what? Some people say, well, you should just know you're loved. I shouldn't have to say it. Well, every parent should take the time or grandpa, grandma to sit down with a young one and say, you know, you are loved. I love you. You're amazing. Did you know you're an awesome kid? Man, I can't wait to see what you do growing up and begin to speak into their lives what you say about them, then you know what? We ought to speak into the adults that are around us what we see that God shows us about them being positive, using our words to bring life and not death. You know, John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life life. The biggest love story ever told was a love story that God was willing to leave heaven and to come and die on a cross so that our fellowship with him could be restored. The biggest love story ever, the biggest act of love that could have ever been done then i loved the scripture in ephesians chapter 4 verses 13 through 19 for this reason i kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name i pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and i pray that you being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all of God's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, and how high, and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. You know, I pray for you today, or tonight, or whenever you're listening to this, That you would be able to grasp God's love. And it says it's beyond understanding. So, what it means there is that we need to ask God for a revelation of what it means that He loves us. And you know, and we need to speak words that bring healing, faith, and encouragement. I grew up in the church listening to a song called The Love of God by Robbie Schaefer. And I just want to go over some of the lyrics with you. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin could we with ink the ocean fill, and this is one of my five favorite parts, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. You know, we live in a world of fear and anxiety, and it's hard for us to grasp that kind of love. But that's exactly what God wants you and I to know. He wants us to know that type of love. You know, we need to put love in action. I love it. Second um, Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and of love and a sound mind. We should love not only with words, but also in actions. I remember one night when I was young, I was driving home from Holland. It was about midnight, one o'clock. I don't know what time it was. I was going down in 40 and the Lord said to me, I I want you to stop into the the truck stop and pick up two grape juices. And I'm like, what? Why? I don't want no grape juice. And he said, stop and pick it up. So I said, all right. So I pulled over, and I picked up a couple of great juices, and I put them in the council of my Camaro. This was just before Bible college, and uh, I took off down the road, Now it was a driving rain. The rain was coming down so hard, and it was the middle of the night. It was black, and I turned down this road going into overisle, and my headlights come upon a couple that are walking uh, by the side of the road, and it looks like his the, guys, the girl with the guy is either sick or drunk. And the Lord said to me, pick him up. And I said, no. And the Lord said, pick him up. And I go, no. And I drove by him and the Lord said, pick him up. So I turned my car back around and I drove up and I said, do you guys want to ride? And they go, yep, we do. Thank you. And they climbed in the back of the car and I said, hey, what is wrong uh, with your friend? And he, he said, oh, she's having a hypoglycemic attack. She needs, she needs sugar. And I said, wow. I said, okay, hey, here we go. Um, the Lord had me pick up two grape juices for you and I handed them to them. And they go, are you an angel? I go, no, no, angels don't drive Camaros. But the Lord just had me pick this up and I didn't know why. And obviously it's for you. And when she drank the grape juice, uh, she snapped out of the low blood sugar attack. And then I said, where do you guys live? And it was like 10 miles away. So I drove them all the way back to their house and uh, dropped them up. They go, you sure you're not an angel? And I go, no. And you know, really, it's that was truly love in action. I want to put a disclaimer here, though. I don't advise anyone to pick up two people in the middle of the night you don't know in a driving rain, especially if one looks drunk. You really got to know that the Holy Spirit is the one prompting you to do it. You know, uh Jesus said in John thirteen thirty-five, by this will everyone know that you are my disciples if you loved one another. Then Jesus said in John 15, verses 13 to 14, greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. You know, I saw that lived out in action at 9-11. I was down at ground zero in New York City two weeks after 9-11 in the Stories were told of the people that were running out of the buildings trying to escape when the police, the fire, the MS, and all the people doing the rescuing was running into the building knowing that they, they were going to give their very lives to get people out of there. And they were really, really love in action. And so, you know, what kind of love and kindness should we be giving out when we, were, when we live in a world of stress? and anxiety where people are on edge. If we want to know what love looks like, we ought to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship that I may boast, I have nothing. Then I love verse 4, what it says. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, trusts, it always hopes, perseveres. Love never fails. Oh, I really believe that that is exactly how God wants you and I to live. And I will say this, you're not, you're not going to be able to do that in your own strength. Letting love be manifested in your life like we just read about right there takes the power of the Holy Spirit and you're going to make several mistakes along the way. But that's exactly how God wants us to live. You know, growing up, I learned a song. My grandma taught me a song. It's called Love Lifted Me. We used to sing this in church all the time. And love will lift people out of depression, out of despair, out of anxiety and love will give people hope. I want to read the the lyrics to the song. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. And the chorus goes, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, Love lifted me. Then verse two says, "All my heart to Him I'll give; ever to Him I'll cling. In His presence daily live; ever His praises sing. Love so mighty and so true merits my soul best song. Faithful loving service too to Him belongs. Souls in danger look above; Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by His love out of the angry waves." He's the master of the sea; billows his will obey. Heave your savior wants to be be saved today, where nothing else could help. Love lifted me. You know, I don't know the storm you're in right now. I don't know the trial you're in right now. Maybe you got a loved one that's sick that you're really concerned about. Maybe, maybe you lost your job, and the thing that you need is another job, or maybe. Maybe you have a spouse that's not living for the Lord and you know God wants you to stay in the marriage. I don't, you know, I don't know what it is that you're going through, but I know that Jesus knows exactly where you're at. You know in Luke 15, 4 through 7, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety and nine? to go into the open country to go after the lost sheep until he finds it and when he finds it he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says rejoice with me i have found my lost sheep i tell you in the same way there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not repent you know The Lord loves you right where you're at. You're not lost to him. So when Jesus went out to find the little hurt lamb, he knew exactly where he was going and he knew how to find that person who was lost. You know, when I worked in the projects of Canada, I didn't know it, but there was a drug dealer in the projects that was praying that God would send him someone to talk to him about Jesus. I didn't know this man had been praying And one day when I was walking through by this big house with a pit bull, a little girl come running out and said, my mommy wants to talk to you. And I said, "Uh, really? I'm afraid of your dog. Go get your mom. So she went out and got her mom and she said, well, who are you? I said, well, I'm a, a Bible college student from Bethany Bible College. She goes, a preacher in our yard? Come on in. And so she invited me in and I got in the house and the dog was so heavy, he would just shake the house trailer when he walked, and we walked into the other room, and I knew that I, I didn't know where I was, but I knew I was in a home, and I may have been in danger, and there was a bunch of people around the table, and the lady of the house goes with, would you like a beer? And I said, no, thank you. She goes, you think you're better than us? I said, no, the Bible says no drunkard will enter the kingdom of God, and then I couldn't believe I said that. So she goes, would you like a milk? And I said, yes. So I sat down at the table, and the guy beside me said, He said, you know, I've been praying that God would send me someone to talk to me about Jesus. And here this man is in my house and if you don't like what he has to say, you can leave the table. And three people got up and left the table. And I'm not going to go into this whole story, but to make a long story short, it took seven two-hour visits where I shared the love of God with him and the salvation and how much he was loved. And at the end of the seventh time, he bowed his head and he gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, I, and, and he looked at his girlfriend and he said, you know, I'm a bad man and you know I am and you should, you should go home to your mother now. And then he goes, I'm going to live for the Lord. And he looked at me and he goes, do you know who I am? And I go, no, I don't know who you are. He goes, well, I'm the biggest drug dealer in this area. And I said, well, can I ask you a question? Why did you let me in your house? He said, well, when you came in our house, you had angels with you, and we knew we needed to listen to what you had to say. That day, that man, who I'm going to call Jim, experienced the revolutionary love of God in his heart. He gave up drug dealing. He gave his heart to Christ, and he became a part of a Salvation Army church. That day, that man's life was totally changed, Because he experienced the love of God and he heard words spoken to him that were healing, that gave life and invited him to come in to a deeper relationship with Christ or to give his heart to Christ. You know, your words are important. When you're out about the day today. what are the words that you're going to speak? Are you going to speak words that give life? Are you going to speak words that give death? Are you going to speak words of fear? Are you going to speak words of death? What kind of words are you going to speak? I would encourage you this morning or tonight, whenever you're listening, whatever words that you speak today, let them be words of life, peace, hope, and encouragement because we live in a world that desperately needs hope. So I want to encourage you to say this, let your words be his words. And if you're hurting tonight, and if you just feel like you can't go another step, I invite you to run into the arms of Jesus tonight. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those that are under the sound of my voice Lord, if they are hurting, worried, need a job, whatever the stressful situations are that they are in, I pray that you would help them to run into your arms and feel your love and peace and direct them into a brighter tomorrow. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening.